Hi everyone, this is Alex Theodoro and you're listening to the Startup Sit Down. Hi everyone, this is Alex Theodoro and this is the Startup Sit Down podcast. I am joined today with Dr. Caitlin Strobel, uh, an awesome occupational therapy uh, professional uh, with her doctorate in occupational therapy. And uh, we're going to talk about all things health related and research and all that fun stuff. So um, uh, we've had some great conversations in the past. And so we're very excited to have her here today. Uh, Thank you, Caitlin, for being here. Hey, Alex, thanks for having me. So excited to get to it, chat a little bit more about what's going on. Perfect. Yeah. So maybe just to kind of get started, uh, would love to learn a little bit more uh, about you. Maybe tell us a little bit about your your journey to becoming an OT? Sure. Um, So I would have to say that, um, like you introduced, um, I am a neuro rehab occupational therapist going on three years of practice this summer. Um, And like many other industries and professionals, the COVID-19 pandemic certainly catapulted the rehab profession, um, as well as the entirety of our healthcare system into the digital age, whether we liked it or not. Um, And so since 2020, um, after a couple years of practice, I've been trying to embrace the change by actively engaging in the digital transformation of our profession through the transformation of my own practice um, in order to usher in a new era of OT over uh, or since um, a century later after its conception. Um, But in terms of getting to where I am now, um, engaging in um, healthcare technology and um, new ways of of, um, treating our patient populations, um, I had a bit of a traditional trajectory in that um, I knew I wanted to become an occupational therapist. And so I sought out my OTD program um, in undergraduate. Um, in attempts to kind of be at the forefront of our profession in that um, OTDs just had a little bit more opportunity um, for advancement and leadership opportunities um, within the field. So I went for it. Um, I had a wonderful experience at Washington University in St. Louis, go Bears. Um, And I really just tried to engage in um, as many different modes of practice and of education and program development as possible in order to really diversify um, my practice and my professional skill set. And so that looks like a multitude of things in terms of being involved in our student-run pro bono clinic, um, actively engaging in um, my clinical research project um, as the sole investigator on my dissertation, and as well as being head of um, our advocacy committee. And so being an advocate for our profession um, in different healthcare spaces and in front of other professionals. So um, here I am in terms of, uh, yeah, moving forward and um, just learning from from others and from um, what this digital age is trying to teach all of us. <laughs> that's incredible. No, that's absolutely incredible. And, and I'm so glad that we connected to be honest because I think it's it's surreal how interconnected this community is. And we actually, interestingly enough, this also happens to be OT Awareness Month. So that is also another awesome uh, part there as well. Um, So maybe tell me a a little bit about, like, did you always know you wanted to become an OT? Like, it's such a, like, you know, 
now, you know, at this, you know, age and this part of my life, you know, now that I'm aware of kind of like the different healthcare professions, uh, I feel like, like OT is one of those professions that it has a lot of flexibility, has a lot of versatility in terms of what you're able to do, how you're able to help people, um, specializations. And so like, how, tell me a little bit about like, how did you, like, what, what drew you to becoming an OT? professional? Or was that always the original choice? That is a great question. And I think alongside you, I have been learning in terms of the diversification of our profession and, and what opportunities are out there outside of, um, you know, direct clinical practice or, you know, traditional models of care. But um, it has been, you know, a nonlinear path for sure. in that I went into my program wanting to become a hand therapist um, so, you know, traditional outpatient orthopedic care um, in that um, I'm very science minded. So I think that knowledge really excited me and propelled me. But what I think drew me most to the profession and what I think a lot of people are discovering about themselves as well is the ability to be a creative problem solver. So every single day we you know, have to handle new barriers, new issues um, among a diverse patient population. So you're not always dealing, you know, with the same, you know, barriers to um, engagement in their activities or, you know, engagement in the community um, or with their families. Um, so you're just, you just have to stay on your toes. And I think being able to exercise that element of creativity in a professional space, um, you know, outside of our traditional purview of, you know, what creativity means in terms of creating art or, um, you know, products or um, now content in today's um, digital world um, is, is what re really is most exciting. And so being able to take those those soft skills for creativity, for problem solving, for people <laughs> skills. If you can't tell, I I love meeting new people um, every single day, and obviously this profession um, allows allows a broad breadth of being able to do those things. Um, is is what really is what really excites me and and drew me to the profession. And like I said, I'm I'm just learning um, mm -hmm. new ways to be able to. Um, to be able to implement those practices, you know, whether that's um, being an advocate for our profession within um, the innovative healthcare technology space, um, whether that's working on grants and projects for nonprofit organizations, um, you know, um, supporting community engagement um, in health and wellness initiatives, just, you know, the list goes on and on and on. You know, I could sit here talking all day about ways that um, we do that. But for me, number one, it's creativity and problem solving. And I hope to be able to carry that um, into the future of my career. That's amazing. That's a, absolutely amazing. No, and, and well, well said as well, too. Um, so maybe, maybe tell us a little bit about where do you see the role of innovation in clinical practice and, and beyond? What, what is the future of, of kind of innovation in your space? look like? Is there anything that, you know, it might, um, you know, any sort of forms it might take, anything that's being done right now? Um, what, what, maybe comment on that if, if, if possible. 
Sure. Um, and I think that's something that's most exciting. Obviously, I've alluded a lot to that in terms of um, the rise in healthcare technology and, and maybe because I'm engaging in it a little bit more so. And so it's, you know, more at the forefront of um, my mindset and professional development. But at the same time, like I mentioned, COVID just really catapulting us you know, 10, 20 years into the future into where we had to solve some very acute problems um, with technology um, through the immediate impl implementation of virtual care platforms um, and transitioning our patient caseloads over to those um, in the immediate throes of the pandemic back in March, April of 2020. Um, and so I think, um, you know, innovators in this space, um, investors, you know, and you know, patients and providers alike have all caught on to this. And so I see this huge rise in digital therapeutics, um, you know, in digital health products, in integrative virtual platforms, um, you know, for telehealth, for health coaching, um, you know, for patient education, um, and you know, other realms that can help solve some of these um, barriers to access to care and, and barriers to continuity of care that we really saw, um, you know, just um, that the COVID-19 pandemic really shone a light on. Um, and so, you know, through the rise, through, through this rise in digital therapeutics, we're also seeing a rise um, or just kind of an increased want and need for wellness models um, versus our traditional sick models of treatment um, and of care that exist within our current system. Um, and these models really emphasize um, prevention and self-management um, for our patient populations that we typically see in the rehab space, um, where they're dealing with you know, chronic conditions, chronic diseases, um, long-term disabilities um, that continue to impact their life out, you know, following the acute phase of injury or onset. Um, right. Right. And, right. and so, um, you know, with, within um, the rehab and healthcare and health coaching professionals uh, or professions, um, these people are, you know, are, are gravitating towards these places as well um, in that, Obviously, our patients are, are gravitating towards it and, and that whether they're tech users, um, they have an increased ease, they have increased access to care, um, but also our providers can enjoy, um, a, you know, just a, a more optimized work experience and um, that it can mm -hmm. be more flexible to meet their family needs. Um, and, you know, their personal needs, as well as, you know, their professional needs um, for being able to grow their practice in, in non-traditional mm. ways. Right, right, right. That's, wow. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you, you, you kind of packaged a lot in that comment there. And I, I, oh, yeah. I, I love it. I, th I think it's, um, it's definitely something that is, um, you know, very fluid. It's a very kind of, you know, um, there's a lot more that needs to be done. And I think we're really just scratching the surface. And I think you, you kind of, um, made that very clear that, you know, that there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of work here in this space. And, 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 you know, it's, I think we're all just kind of doing our part to really, you know, move the needle in some way. Right. And I, and so that, so no, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, in a very yeah. long winded way, commented on many things, but um, yeah, like you said, just scratching the surface, but us needing to dive deep, 
um, in a short period of time. But, yeah. you know, I, I hope that I hope it'll just continue to expand and grow, um, you know, these seeds that that COVID and I think yeah. just a new era have kind of planted recently. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's that's a big thing, too, that, you know, we often hear is that, you know, COVID has been like a catalyst in many ways, but it's also been um, a new frontier in that it's opened up a lot of new ways of thinking. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of pushed professionals outside of their comfort zone in many ways to go from the, you know, a much more, um, you know, well-documented like pen and paper method to saying, well, maybe we could embrace something a little more digitized or how could we embrace something like technology and innovation in, you know, in, in kind of the clinical space. Right. And while that might not be, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of, adopted 100%, I think that we've learned a lot and we learned kind of what, you know, care and how healthcare delivery can be and how, uh, you know, how that we, we've kind of, you know, you know we, we haven't, uh, I guess you could say, you know, maybe, maybe this might be a little bit uh, rougher on the edges, but like, you know, we, we, we haven't left people slipping through the cracks, cracks in as many ways with these kind of new digitally enabled solutions, right? Or just, or just ways to kind of think more creatively. And as an OT, OTs are some of the most creative people I've ever worked with, just in the ways they use both our product, um, you know, the way they kind of engage with patients in a much more personalized, individualized way, um, thinking of how we can, you know, how the profession can create goal-oriented kind of objectives that really move people towards uh, what their focus is in life, and how can you break this down into like actionable chunks of kind of, uh, I guess you could say activities, tasks, things like that, right? So, so no, you're absolutely, absolutely. right. It's wonderful. And um, so I guess to kind of switch gears for a moment now, what do you think are some of the challenges that you may envision or may have seen to date with technology in patient care? Is there anything that kind of you might have thought that still needs a little bit of work or might be a little rough, you know, kind of, uh, you know, in some, in some capacity right now, I'd love to hear about. Absolutely. Um, you know, just, just with any, um, innovative product technology, you know, having its upsides, you know, I certainly see the, the value, like you mentioned, and, and being able to bridge, you know, care gaps for, you know, our rural based communities, um, optimizing patient outcomes, you know, promoting that continuity of care, et cetera. Um, mm. But there are certainly downsides. And, you know, we see and live this every single day um, for therapists um, within uh, the clinical practice space. And, and just the barriers, the sh you know, the very tall barriers that we have to overcome in order to try to integrate this into our practice um, to get key stakeholders and decision makers on board with what the research is saying. Um, and, you know, even being able to um, decrease the, the runway or the timeline that it takes for clinical research findings to reach practice guidelines. Um, yeah. And so there's a lot of work being done um, in terms of trying to address some of those challenges. Um, and, you know, I mentioned a couple basically being the disconnect between, um, you know, some of those stakeholders, especially within large health systems, um, to no fault of anyone's own, but just basic based on the sheer volume of the organization, um, yeah. you know, the time and training that it takes um, <laughs> to get 
your um, clinicians up to speed on its standardized use in order to, you know, make the best use of that technology. Um, you know, mm -hmm. even the system and facility capacity for being able <clears throat> to um, pay for that technology, you know, and that we're talking about a wide range here from low tech solutions, you know, all the way to extremely high tech um, that, you know, only large scale health systems may have access to financially. Yeah. Um, and then also, um, you know, I certainly see a, um, a barrier for my patient's capacity to be able to use technology um, in that being, you know, especially for my neuro related illnesses, um, those with mental, emotional, even social um, barriers to being able to, you know, sit down, um, you know, maintain attention for a telehealth session, um, being able to, you know, appropriately problem solve um, for the use of that, using it independently, or if they're having to integrate, um, you know, online virtually somehow with their, um, with their clinician in a different location. Um, mm. So I'm kind of rambling about a lot of challenges, but in terms of trying to overcome some of those, um, you know, we've seen some work being done in terms of use of the knowledge translation strategy. So kind of, you know, an, an innovative piece of um, integrating clinical research into practice in that um, they are putting um, therapists on clinical research teams in collaboration with them to become standardized users of the technology and basically training the trainers so that they can go back to their teams um, and help mm. to you know, support and train um, their fellow coworkers on, on that technology and to be the go-to um, you know, person for <laughs> questions and answers, which, which you mentioned being, um, you know, can be a huge barrier depending on people's comfort level or you know, right. willingness to adopt technology. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, no, great, great, great response. I appreciate that. Um, so I, I think, I think kind of, uh, you know, I've always had the kind of, you know, thoughts about, you know, where, where the, where potentially the future of health and wellness is from an OT perspective. Is this something that you've kind of given some thought, or I know we talked a little bit about the role of innovation, but what is, what, what does, what does the delivery of care or like, what does the role of an OT look like? You know, I guess you could say in you know, in a few years or even five years from now. Um, and and what what do you think are some shifts that might be happening uh, currently that that you're you're thinking might enable us to get there? Yeah, super good question, and and something I've thought about a lot. Um, you know, we've I feel like we've just been kind of in fight or flight mode. Um, you know, mm -hmm. as as a world, as a, as a country, as a profession, um, just in trying to address some of the acute challenges that, that COVID brought along. But in terms of, um, you know, kind of peering behind the curtain about what um, the future looks like, um, mm. I would say occupational therapy can, will play a significant role um, in the fact that, you know, us being a little bit, um, I, you know, creative, non-traditional, um, you know, yeah. kind of forward thinkers, um, I just kind of see this as kind of the makeup of our profession um, and that amongst us, I, you know, I kind of see us re-entering these non-traditional practice settings and that at our, um, 
at our profession's conception, we were with, within the mental health space. And um, unfortunately, we've seen our presence um, within those spaces decline just based on yeah. you know our traditional reimbursement models currently. Um, but I see a drive and I see a want and I see a need um, for our profession within community-based settings, um, whether that's within patient homes um, you know, community and wellness centers, um, mental health centers, um, in that we are really advocating for ourselves in these spaces. And that was kind of, you know, what we chatted about, you know, the diversification of this profession, that there's a lot of options to translate our skills to, um, you know, really emphasize our value um, in terms of how we can have an impact on organizations and our patients. And so it's really exciting. And I, and I hope that, um, you know, similar to um, you and other innovators, um, take the leap for, you know, for something that feels a little bit less comfortable for um, something non-traditional because that is the forefront of innovation. Um, and that's going to help drive, um, you know, the need as well as um, outcomes for, for our patient and community populations um, in order to just expand the breadth of our reach. Certainly, certainly. And I couldn't agree more. I think that was very well said. So uh, I think that brings us to kind of, you know, this portion of the podcast where we'd love to kind of, you know, maybe uh, for people who are interested and, and, you know, love what you're talking about, maybe want to learn more, how can people get in touch with you? Is there anywhere we can find you on social media or anything that's new and exciting happening on your side that you'd love to share and showcase Thanks. with our listeners? Yeah. Thanks for asking, Alex. Absolutely. Um, so currently my platform is LinkedIn. People can find me under my name, Caitlin Strobel, occupational therapist on LinkedIn. And um, I hope to have an update here soon regarding my web, my new blog and website um, that will showcase um, kind of my own entrepreneurial spirit, spirit for um, transitioning into self-employment um, and um, being a personal OT to members of my community. And, and I'm a big health and wellness advocate. Um, and so I, I'd like to share my perspective on that platform for for promoting that in, in different realms of everyone's lives. So coming soon, there are many, um, there are um, the orange orange construction blockades around that right now. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, it, I'm so glad that we met and thank you for the wealth of knowledge and perspective. This has definitely been uh, refreshing and eye-opening at the same time to learn about. And um, I think, you know, we need more kind of champions, like how you're approaching kind of the role of innovation in care, um, you know, just kind of lending your, your voice to kind of uh, showcasing kind of what's out there, um, but also, you know, really taking that leap as well, too, and, and, and working in the forefront of what healthcare could be and how can we work towards this growing and evolving needs in supporting individuals, um, you know, and how can we do that um, through the lens of an occupational therapist? So thank you so much, Caitlin, for, for uh, your time and amazing perspective. And uh, we look forward to learning more from you soon with your, uh, your, your content and your contribution to the field. And thanks again for coming in. Absolutely, Alex. Thanks so much for having me. Glad I can be an advocate for OT. Happy OT month, everybody.
All right. Thank you. Bye.